Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RadioRF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid in free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Genesis Invitational. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Kenny. It's another huge week ahead of us. I'm excited. This, you, know, you and I were just talking a little bit off air, but this event is going to be sick. It's almost like a and you know, extrapolated masters in a sense where it's got a bigger field, but you know, some of the guys don't matter as much. And it's kind of like that in the masters too. I shouldn't say that, but uh, yeah, huge field, a big top three. We're going to get to all that, but how, how was your AT&T Pebble beach pro-am? How'd that go? Cause I, I mean, know, for, well, one sec, I will say one thing first, what pissed me off, we'll get to mine, but I said, don't play DJ play Spieth. I said, play burger McNeely, all these guys that get up there, but I don't have any of my Canadian guy, Nick Taylor. I'm pissed about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Canadian win right there. It was big for him. I mean, he just balled out, dude. Uh, yeah. I was really impressed with what he did. Uh, he came in Thursday or Sunday with the lead. I think a, a, a pretty hefty lead going in uh, to Sunday. And then he just kept the pedal to the middle now. He sort of went through a little phase in, in the middle of the round where it got a little tougher because, of course, Pebble Beach, after you get past the first seven holes, the course gets a lot tougher, and that's what happened. He did what he had to do in those first seven holes to keep his lead intact and just held on. Uh, to the end, and you saw, even though Phil caught up with him at one point in time, you know, he he, was, he actually went down a little bit uh, after the seventh hole, and, and it was tough conditions on Sunday. I didn't watch as much of the tournament as I normally do. Uh, had some personal things going on, nothing nothing bad. Uh, just been really hectic 
lately. So I, I didn't get to watch a, a lot of the golf that I normally do. But just looking back at it, uh, looking through the scorecards, I mean, it looked like it was a brutal day uh, on Sunday. I think I counted only 11 golfers that shot under par uh, on Sunday with those wins whipping. I mean, Pebble can play extremely tough, and that's what we saw. Um, other golfers that did pretty well. I mean, look at Phil. Going out there, I didn't think he had a chance, uh, you know, but he did come in third in Saudi the week before, and he came through on a course where he normally always comes through. Uh, that tends to happen at the Pebble. At Pebble, You saw it with Jason Day as well, another guy who, no matter what the form is, always plays well at this type of event. Uh, we saw our man uh, Maverick McNeely do, do a little backdoor top ten, a guy I've been preaching uh, all season long. Now, personally for me, it was a horrible week again. I mean, I only got two or four through of my cash game cornerstone. You know, the last few weeks, I think uh, I've had three or four, three or four, and now two or four. So that has been the best. Uh, but looking back, none of the guys that missed – all before my guys that missed the cover, $8,900 or more. So I'm missing up top, which is strange. It doesn't usually happen that way. Usually it's the bottom pick. So hopefully I can get that down a little bit easier uh, this week with the strength of the field that, that we have. You know, going down to like, you know, in the mid to seven thousands, there's plenty of guys – uh, that are rosterable when it comes down to it. But, yeah, personally, uh, another losing week. Now, I look back, and, and I tend to struggle in California and on the West Coast, like in Phoenix and in the three Cali events uh, in the beginning of the year. I look back, and I do not have a winning record in those events the last four years. So maybe that's an issue. And then once you get past the uh, the uh, the, the California State moved to Florida, my record picks up a bunch. I mean, last year I had a 75% win percentage in cash, and I think I only went two, two for two. Uh, you know, during this time, uh, two two wins, two losses in the California Waste uh, Management Phoenix Open. So I struggle on these on these things. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe it's just you know variance and just the way it goes. I'm not really sure. Hopefully, I can get back to better at this final event in California, which I actually have done a little bit better than the other ones. So we'll see how it goes. Looking forward to this week. How did you do last week? Yeah, I, you couldn't hit that one, right? You had, you had all the guys. It's insane. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just, it's what it is, man. I wasn't high on Taylor. Obviously, I know Taylor, but I wasn't high on Streelman, even though he had good course history. I wasn't high on Phil because he had good course history. And then it was all like, you know, I had day over Snedeker. I love Berger, McNeely, Lanto, you know, Jordan Speed, Cantley all over him. And then the DJ full fade in the $5. Like you'd think at least I'd make some money and it just didn't happen. I, I did sneak out a win in the three man. And, and my biggest prediction of the week, which, we said it could happen with a, you know, a three-day cut event, but the 444 was won by a four out of six lineup. And the, wow. big, the big $5 with 124,000 people, uh, shout out to Zoltar. I think he got first and third. This guy, Zoltar is something other, but you know, I don't know the numbers behind it. But anyway, he got first and third, and he had a five out of six in both of them with Scott Stallings missing the cut. I get it. It's one day. Like you said, lots of weather. There was plenty of weather on Sunday. But, that, you know, a 4 out of 6 in the 444, it just shows, man. I think it's actually still going to happen this season in a standard two-day cut event. But that's just my prediction. But it was, it was cool to see. Uh, it just show, goes to show, like I said, it doesn't matter what you got up, you know, what you got right throughout there. You still need the Taylors, the Streelmans, the Mickelsons. If you don't have those, you're dead. And that's just what happened to me. So slightly down week. Finally got a win in the three, man. So I'll take the high road and just say that. But, you know, I'll take that for this week, and we'll move on to this week and go back at it again. Well, one quick question. What do you think of Spieth? Uh, he came through with the backdoor top 10, yeah. uh, shot the best round of the day on Sunday. Now, here's the issue. I was on Pat Mayo's show last week. Uh, we were talking all topics golf. It hasn't been released yet. Uh, he's probably going to release it later this week or next week. And Spieth was a topic of conversation uh, during the podcast. And I said that 
I thought he was done. I thought he had no chance, you know, to come back. You know, when we look, when we look back on his career, it's going to be a disappointment. Now, his his his, his performance on Sunday worried me a little bit, but uh, was it just a one? What do you think? This is. Do you think for him, this is something that he can build on, or is this a a one round thing for him? Because I, I think I'm not this really is sure a, what. Yeah. I'm not really sure what to think. Yeah, I'm, think? I, I'm on your take. And we were going to get to that anyway. He's definitely going to come up this week. You know, he's been priced up a little bit, but whatever. But, you know, he's, he's right there, fair price for this week. Uh, the course history thing last week, I, was, I mentioned that because I liked him for that reason. I thought if there was a spot, he could spark it. Now, this week is kind of similar to Pebble, where the course form, course fit matter. Um, but I think recent form matters way more here and more than just one event, like you just said, for him to show up. And that's just because this course can really bite you. I, I know Pebble can too with the weather, but they didn't even really see the weather till Sunday. And on top of that, hence why Nick Taylor can go wire to wire on a three-course rotation you know, and play in the weather on Sunday and still sneak it out by four strokes. But this weekend, uh, I don't see that. I, I see you're going to have to have the complete game all the way through. And it's going to matter more, whereas if you get off to a hot start on Thursday, it's not going to be the same. You can still get eaten up in one day. And I don't see that with Spieth. Uh, a relatively fairly known gentleman, uh, I, don't, I won't name names, messaged me just before I got on the pod and said he's doing it. He's going after Spieth this week. And I said, man, I'll send you a link for charity because that's where I would put that money before I would even each way it at 55 to 1. So maybe those words bite me now on a podcast, and, and it's going to be out sooner then your podcast with Mayo, which I'm pumped to hear. He said he was going to have you on. I, I want to see that. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, I just, I don't see it with Spieth, man. I'm not going to be there this week. Uh, I'll be off him. And I got a uh, T3PO uh, teaser there that you've already let, let out for me. All right. Well, here's the one thing, you know, when it comes down to Spieth, he usually does have like one good round every time he goes out. Usually it's the first or second round. You know, he goes out there, balls out. That's not something new. Uh, that for him to have like that one really good round in an event this week, it just happened to be in the last round. And it happened to be on a day where the scoring average was very high. I think it was two or three strokes over par. So he beat the field average by like 10 strokes or eight strokes, nine strokes, something like that. So, um, uh, you know, I think I'm, I, for my sake, I'm hoping it's just a one round thing because I'm going to sound like an idiot on the podcast. If he comes in, especially if he releases it, this week and then Spieth goes out and balls out. So I'm hoping we'll see how it goes, but I'm definitely worried a little bit more about my take than I was prior to Sunday. All right. So before let's move on to uh, the listener league. Well, Tampa, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the listener league before we get into our listener league winner from last week? Sure. Yeah. We rolled it out the same way guys. We did the same exact thing. 2,500 people, $5, three max, 18% gets paid. Last place doubles their money. First gets 1500. 10th gets 150. Uh, people really like it. I will just, I want to comment quickly on two things. One, the rake mentioned a little bit last week. It's well, starting out the rake, the payout percentage, 18%. People have asked, why can't we get it to 24, 25%? We could, uh, we just prefer not to. And we're just being open and honest about, it. like I say, you know, I mentioned a couple times to guys on Twitter, uh, from both accounts, just to make sure everyone got the word we used to pay 2%. I mean, it's a GPP. The goal is to win it all and, and the glory, right? You want to get on, you want to, you want to pour that crown out with Kenny three men, Everything you want, you want to get on there and get into, you know, we're going to have a huge contest at the end of the year for all the listener league winners. So, you know, Kenny gives you guys the cash game cornerstones. They're solid, rock solid year over year. I think most people that are going to want to hit those big cash rates can go play cash games and do 50 fifties and stuff like that. I'm not trying to turn you away. I just, it's a no rake, 18% solid. I like it. Uh, I think it's good. And the biggest thing is some people want a bigger first prize. So we're trying to accommodate both sides of the spectrum. And I think it suits it quite well. Uh, we're going to keep it that way. We want to grow it much bigger. Obviously, by the time the Masters comes around, 
And we're going to just ask you guys for help. You know, Kenny asked at the end of the podcast, always, can you give us review, rating, five-star, et cetera? It helps us for sure. It keeps the podcast free, keeps it rolling for you guys. We have, we have no issue with that. But spread the word. Retweet it. Get your entries in. I know you don't want to miss it. Retweet it. Spread it. We're going just in reverse of what some of the other podcasts do where we will put the link out there. That's the second piece where we're okay with it. We think you share in the listener league, may get people to actually listen to the pod. And, and there's a lot of folks out there that don't know about us. We'd like to keep spreading that word. So that, that's my two things on it, Kenny, for this week. Do you have anything to add? Uh, I mean, no, just you better get in quick because it's like 1,800 it, spots uh, are already filled yeah. uh, out of the 2,500. We're recording this at it's 11.15 uh, Eastern Standard Time on Monday night. Uh, and it's about four-fifths of the way filled. So, yeah. you know, get it on Mondays, guys. First it'll be big, It'll do. be bigger next week with that said. We wanted to try, you know, last week, just so you guys know, it was trickling at 2,300 to 2,500. I'm not sure what that was. Obviously, this is a way better field. There's way, you know, as far as strength of field and guys in it, nine of the world's top 10 right now, OWGR rankings. And then you've got also these big tournaments, which, uh, you know, there's a huge $20, 150 max. There's a $100, 133 max. Like there's some big tournaments this week, the 555 for those of the bigger bankrolls. But I think... Uh, this was important to me. And like I said, we wanted to make sure we could prove to them. And now you guys have killed it. And we appreciate you for that. DJ nation, everyone's sharing it. It's already up. Like Kenny said, 1800 out of the 25 next week will be minimum three. And when, like we said before, we want there to be glory there. We know it's harder to win now. We get that. But what is, doesn't that mean more when you have the cash, the three men, the contest at the end of the year, and you get to say you won this contest against all these people in a three max event. I think it's huge. So I love it, Kenny. If nothing else to add, we can move on to the winner of this week. Go add 84. What do you got? All right. So his lineup this week, he had 554.5 points total. He had Jason Day, who I loved last week. He was my one and done. Uh, 100.5 points. Uh, finishing fourth place, 19.64% owned in the listener league. He had Phil, 3.36% uh, owned, 113 points. Finished in third. Alexander Noren, a guy I love this week, 24%. Uh, uh, owned 71 points, finished in 32nd. Uh, Max Homo has been playing exceptionally good golf, and it looks like it hasn't. It's not stopping anytime soon. I didn't know if it was a trend or if it was just luck, but he's been playing good golf for the past month and a half. 18.12% uh, owned, 73 points, 14th place. Uh, he had the winner, Nick Taylor, 139.5 points, 3.56% owned, and he had Zach Sucher, who missed the cut, so he won with five of six. There you go. Uh, at 1.12% owned, Zach still had almost 50 points. So, I mean, again, it was a three-day uh, three cut, so that, that made a big deal. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, I like it. The, the Zach Sutra is kind of funny. Like I said, it makes it a five out of six. Uh, he also, the, you know, I saw someone post a tweet about it. He manned up and went out for the fourth round with his pro-am partner, right? So just, you know, another thing. He's the people's guy, right? The, D, the DFS darling that we want to try and get down to the Honda with us, which is coming up for everybody. The DFS Open is just a very short couple weeks away now. So excited about that to get everyone together. But, yeah, overall, go at 84, crushed it. Like you said, Day, we liked. Homa, I stuck with. Uh, you know, both, I think Homa and Day were two of my TGBOs last week that I was on. They were up there a little bit in ownership, but I think, you know, when you balance it out and he's got Phil, uh, Zach Sucher, or sorry, uh, Nick Taylor at 3.6%, it just goes to show, as we mentioned, build that upside into your lineups because as long as you got the winner, you can get away with a 48.5 Zach Sucher. So I, I think it's a solid lineup overall. He's already been invited to the league and accepted for the end of the year, and we'll get him in the three-man for this week. So shout out, go at 84. 
All right. So before we get into this week, let's talk about GUPSCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN10. Save yourself 10% on a GUPS Corner subscription. One of the best sites in the biz for fantasy, for betting, for every sport that you can think of. The Slack chat in the golf is amazing with about 2,000 members. We're always on there. Tambo's on there all the time. Me, Gup, or Tambo, we're always on there at some point in time talking, uh, helping helping the people, helping our subs, or trying to help our subs. Sometimes it doesn't go well. I'll be, I can attest to that one. Uh, but, you know, it also has, uh, you know, the, the, the new tools, which are, you know, grinding in the form. They're looking really sharp now, getting better and better and easier to use week in and week out. They have, uh, you know, ownership projections, my article, Tambo's article. And then again, once again, it's not just golf. You get every single sport available uh, when you sign up using promo code DGEN10 on gupscorner.com. All right, so let's get to this week. It's a great tournament this week. The PGA Tour stays in California as the best golfers in the world head the Riviera Country Club for the Genesis Invitational. Now, this event has changed a bit this year as it now has the invitational label, meaning only 120 golfers are in the field instead of 140 or so the event has usually had over the years. The cut is still top 65 in ties, so in theory it should be easier to get 66 through the cut, of course, in theory. The size of the greens notwithstanding, many people compare this course to Augusta and correlations have been made between golfers that perform well at Augusta and golfers that perform well here. Other than James Hahn five years ago, every other golfer that has won this tournament in the last 28 years has finished inside the top 22 at the Masters at some point in their careers. Also, 18 of the last 30 winners at Riviera have either won or come in second at Augusta at some point in their careers. Riviera Country Club is a 7,350-yard par 71 course with four par threes and three par fives. The three par fives are the easiest, three easiest holes on the course, and there's also a drivable par four. Riviera is known as one of the best and most challenging courses on tour. Off the tee, golfers will see tight fairways, many fairway bunkers, and challenging dog legs, especially to left from left to right, which should favor right-handed golfers who hit a fade or lefties that play a draw. And I just lost my spot. Hold on real quick. Uh, There we go. There are trees, but the tree line is usually far away from the fairway, so golfers will have to miss wildly to have trees blocking their approach shots. The fairways and rough use Kikuyu grass. The grass is rare to the United States and could cause many problems if golfers hit it in the rough, especially if they have little experience with Kikuyu. Kikuyu grass is very popular on golf courses in South Africa and Asian countries, so that might be something to look at when selecting your golfers for DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever other DFS site you use this week. Though the rough won't be too tall, it is somewhat thick. For the most part, though, hitting it into this rough won't be too big of a deal, but there will be instances where the Kikuyu rough can grab and bury golf balls, making, making approach shots much more difficult to control or to get any spin. Hitting drives farther is definitely an advantage if golfers hit it into the rough this week. Hitting short irons out of the Kikuyu will make the course a lot easier no matter the lie. Now, on the flip side, if golfers hit the fairways, their golf balls will sit up perfectly because of the spongy nature of the Kikuyu grass. But since there is a lot of slope on the fairways, golfers will have to deal with a lot of fade or draw lies. The greens use POA and bent. They will be small, fast, around 12.5 on the stint meter, firm, undulating, multi-tiered, and surrounded by bunkers and false fronts. The sixth hole actually has a, a bunker right in the middle of the green, which should be entertaining. Once again, the weather can play a factor at this course. Uh, the wetter the conditions, the more it favors the longer golfer. So now this week, it looks like it's pretty dry. There hasn't been too much rain here at Riviera 
for the last month or so. So the course should play firm and fast, and it could give the shorter hitters a little bit more of a chance, typically, than if the course was wet. Tambo, what stats are you looking for this week? Yeah, a lot of uh, the same, but I mean, it's a little, like you said, it's a little bit tighter. So off the tee, tee to green in general, approach, long irons, mix them together. Your birdies are better slash, you know, bogey avoidance. You know, you know you're not going to have a, a super high scoring event here, but I, or low scoring event, I should say. But I think that uh, it's still important to mix in some of the bogey avoidance. You, you got to get there, right? You, you got to have that. And then greens and regulation, they are smaller though like you mentioned. So around the green is important. We see, like you said, Augusta like who's got the good hands around the greens. You know, we'll talk about the Bubba's, the reeds, all those guys who will be popular, who won't be. But like I said, you know, a couple quick notes. One is, like I said, it's a, it's a course that can eat you up pretty quick. So it just, cause they have one good day, the leaderboard can still flip. It's going to be those big names. I mean, I think it's gonna be a big name from the top more than what we'll get to. And I was just going to say that about a couple things on strategy. One is, I think a lot of people are going to go very balanced constructions because we'll get to DJ's price in a minute and then and start with him and go down. And then two, uh, remember, I talk about this all the time, but this is one where it's going to finally show up when you get what is quote unquote soft pricing or, or major style pricing, like a major. I think you can worry less about the ownership as a whole because it's going to be very spread out across the board and use it more for your sort of pivot spots and one-offs. If you say, okay, at the top, Rory and Rom are going to be the set, you know, Rory's going to be three times as owned Then I get why you might want some Rom in there, but I'm talking about in general spread across your lineups. It's going to be more spread out than normal. We're not going to have all the same guys at 7,400 be extremely highly owned like some tournaments, right? We're not going to have the one guy that sticks out like a sore thumb. Always, although we will talk about some, I just want to bring that point up one more time. Cause I brought up in the past. All right. So let's get to these tiers. Uh, 10 K and up. We got Dustin Johnson, Tiger, JT, Rom and Rory. Who are you going with this week? Tambo. Uh, to start, I mean, DJ is going to be silly chalk. Is, like, he might be the highest owned on the week because you can fit him in a lineup with Rory if you wanted because even the guys at the bottom are strong or, or there's enough guys down there that you can make work. And then you could just start your lineup with DJ, which I think a lot of people do in single entry and stuff like that. And we'll get to that when I get down to another guy and, and bring up a, sort of a point around roster construction. But uh, here's the deal. Love JT. JT is my favorite of the three. Uh, you know, 11,000, he's 600 bucks less than Rory. He's the one with the real history here. Like I mentioned at the top, course form, course history, whatever you want to call it, recent form, everything coming in. Does he suit the course? All of that, uh, he does. And he's got, you know, second last year, ninth the year before that, five for five. He's got the most experience of the guys at the top. So I definitely like JT, but I, you know, between Rory and Rom, I'm just going to say Rory. If, you know, Rom could burn me and he probably will. He's on an insane heater right now. I get it. He was ninth here in his first tryout last year. Stats set up perfectly. It's all over, but you, you can't, you know what I mean? You can try, but you can't really play them all. So you can take certain stances on each of them. I get all that. I just prefer not to. And, I, and it, you know, risk reward with DJ last week. I'm feeling it. I'm running right into this week. I'm going to say, I'm going to take Rory, JT, and then I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with DJ. I don't know what you're doing with Woods, and you can talk about the rest or Rom, but, but that's my take, Kenny. What I'm doing with Dustin Johnson is I'm using him as my first cash game cornerstone. Uh, if you guys have been listening to the podcast enough, you know that my cash game cornerstones, I play less than GPPs because they're already taking up 40 to 45% of my weekly bankroll because I make one lineup for my cash lineup. And I use that in about 45% of my bankrolls, usually all in single entry double ups. So what I'm going to do this week is with the upside Dustin Johnson has and the course history that he has here, I'm going to go ahead and start with Dustin Johnson as my first cash game cornerstone. And that's going to be, keep me open for to not having to use him too much in GPPs because I do expect him to be extremely high-owned once again. And I don't think he'll miss the cut 
either. So that's another thing when you look at DJ up top. Uh, I think he, he makes for a good cash play. And then you could go light on him in GPPs if you want to go away from the highest owned golfer in the field, which I know a lot of you guys do. There's a lot of contrarian players out there, and that's you know a good way to go about it sometimes. Uh, now, when it comes to the other two guys, I'm going to play Justin Thomas, the other four guys. I'm playing Justin Thomas. I, I'm on the same boat as you. He's, he's probably my favorite play up here, especially since you can save about $600 from Rory. Uh, and I think him and Rory are about the same level when it comes to this uh, this week. I think all of the top three are probably, oh, you can flip a coin with these three. So I'm going to go ahead and use Justin Thomas because uh, you're going to save a little bit of money and it'll make it a little bit easier because once you get down to like 6,300, 6,200, I mean, the, the choices are very, very slim uh, this week. But, you know, 6,500, 6,800, there's some guys there that, that, are, that, are, that, are, that could be useful. And so I like the savings of the $600 for Justin Thomas. Now I'll probably play uh, one of the other two guys, Rory Aram. Uh, Tiger, it's his event. He has a lot of stuff he has to do uh, for this event, a lot of obligations that he has, and he's never really played this course very well. Uh, again, if you're going contrarian, he's going to be the, the lowest on golfer. Uh, in this 10k range but I'm still not going to jump on board for that so let's move on to this 9k range and I'll go ahead and do my second cash game cornerstone it's going to be Bubba Watson I'm going course history uh here uh big time I mean Bubba's won this event three times in the last six or seven years uh he's playing extremely good golf some of the best golf he's played in years so he has the form and he has the history. So, I'm, you know, those are two things that are extremely important at this event specifically. I mean, sometimes you can go to an event where course history doesn't mean that much. But these last two weeks, they mean a lot. Uh, you know, just looking at the trend. So, I'm going to go Bubba as my second cash game cornerstone. I'm going to go Brooks uh, this week. Uh, you know, here's the thing about Kepka and GPPs. You got to think this price. You'll, you'll never see this price, first off. Secondly, he has to be a little bit motivated. Uh, you know, he lost his first – he lost the number one ranking in the world to Rory, who's in the field with him. Uh, he's still a big game hunter. This is a big game field. Uh, this is his time type of time to shine when he has all these other stars around him. When he wants to make a point, he usually makes it, you know. And so I, I think Kepka would be a good play uh, this week. And I'll play a little bit of Decky as well. Uh, you know, Tita Green, he's been solid this year. He has a good track record here. The, the good thing about Decky, what I've noticed uh, in the last, you know, few months, he's really limited his bogeys. Uh, I think he's fourth in bogey avoidance in this field in the last 50 rounds. And uh, like you said during the uh, the stat part of the show, uh, bogey avoidance is going to be very, very important just because there's not that many holes to capitalize on. There's not that many true scorable holes other than, the three par threes and the uh, drivable par four. Everything else is pretty much a grind. Uh, you know, a par is going to be a good score on most of the other holes. So if he can, you know, if he can keep doing what he does on the par fives, you know, and and the drivable par fours and avoid those bogeys, which I think Hideki can do, uh, I, I do like him as well. Who do you like in this range? I definitely like Cantley. One, one th- quick thing back to DJ. I said last week on the pod, you know, the whole f- reason to fade was to hope he messes up. And then this week I get him at low ownership. But the problem is the tag, right? Like at least him and Tiger should have been flipped to at least make it a decision. And then it would have been a little bit better pricing in my opinion. But I mean, that just sucks. So, you know, I have something on that later. I'll get to it. I'm, I'm going to cover my bases there. I'll still have some DJ because I think it's important. At, and at that price, he can just crush you and take you right out of it. Just sucks they made him that price. I do think Cantley is a viable pivot. Right at 9,800, right below him. Obviously, great form himself. Cali guy, you know, Poa Greens knows the course. You know, last two results, 15th and fourth. 
definitely think he's a suitable. But my first, and it could have been Cantley over him, but my, my first T3O of the week is going to be off of Bubba. I get it all. Listen, he has everything I talked about, the form, the suitability, the win. He's on his even year narrative. He, he's, he won, withdrew, won 15th. So technically he should win this year on that pattern. But at the end of the day, and before the, you know, six years ago, he won as well. So it's, he's on the pattern to win for his fourth time in eight years. But for me, that's why he's relegated to cash. I like Kepka, Like you said, uh, the biggest thing about Kepka, I'll give you the Justin Ray stat of the day. If you want narrative, the last time Kepka played a tournament, not ranked number one in the world was 2019 PGA, which he won. The last time Kepka played a tournament coming off four straight results outside of the top 15 was the 2017 U.S. Open. He won. Like you said, there's, you know, they say there's no rivalry. We'll find out this week because up top, Justin Thomas, I like as his price for $600 in savings, but I think there's no doubt Rory is the best golfer in this field. I mean, not to me anyway. So uh, Kepka is like my opposite of Decky effect. If he's under 10K, I'm playing him. The last time I think we saw him at this price, uh, you know, probably Rick Gaiman or someone like that knows in their records of stats, but I think it was at the Masters last year. He was very close to that. And I had him in, a, in my best lineup, which came like 16th or 19th before everybody went in the water. And I'll do the same thing here. I'll build some balanced builds with Kepka. Uh, can't, can't like Kepka to get off DJ, things like that. But I think you can make it a little more unique. I like your take on Decky. Uh, I'm always in on Decky under 10K. You know this. It's a fair price. Uh, he's not five-figure priced. He's like the ninth-priced guy in the field. He, he can be your second or third guy even into the lineup. So I, I like Matsuyama here at 9,300. I think it's extremely fair. You mentioned the uh, Augusta narratives. He always does pretty well there as well. So I think he can contend and do well at this course. Uh, but my big one is, you know, the conundrum is sort of at the bottom here between X, Finau, and Scott. I mean, you're not going to be able to play everybody in this 9K range. The only one I really hate on is Watson a little bit just because I don't want chalk Bubba at almost 10 or at 9,600 or whatever. But I think X is probably the guy that stands out the most. I, I just worry. And what I would say, and what I mentioned earlier about roster construction, I think DJ X combinations will become extremely popular just because you can start with those two and feel like you've got a great beginning and have a lot of money to spend still. And we'll get to some of the guys below in a minute, but I, you know, I, I like X outside of those builds more so, but because we know what he's like in these little bit shorter fields. So this is not quite the shortness we're used to, but like WGCs or tournament or, or the playoff events, but at 120 people, it's sort of getting to that. So uh, I like him. He's 15th, ninth here the last couple of years, Cali narrative again, amazing recent form, hard to ignore. And to me personally, way more winning upside than Finau who's right below. So that sort of makes my decision on Finau and Scott. It makes it easier to go to X. Uh, did you have any take on X, Finau, Scott, those three at the bottom? I'm a little, I'm really interested in what Finau will do because of the way he lost his last event. I mean, if you look over his career, he hasn't really been the best after a top three. Uh, you know, if you look back at his Puerto Rico win, he missed the cut the next time he played. Uh, again, he finished, what, third um, at the Val, uh, the Valero in 2017. Missed the cut the next time he played at the Players. Um, he finished second at the Safeway in 2017. Finished 26th at the CJ Cup his next time out. Uh, second at the Genesis a few years, a couple of years ago. 27th in Mexico. He hasn't been able to do the back-to-back thing. He did it uh, during the, the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, a couple of years ago. But that's really the only time that he's really shined after a close call. And I worry about that, about the way he lost that event where he should have won. Uh, and then Webb just came through with what four birdies in the last five holes, including uh, the playoff birdie uh, on 18. It's got him. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. 
the perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Be Dig on him a little bit. I know he was cool. They had that song that came out. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just going to ask you about yeah. that, though. What, just a hypothetical, because shout out to Sam underscore hair up. I mean, that was incredible, by the way. I, like, I love my boy Tony, I said, but man, this man wrote a song about him. Would you feel, as an athlete, nothing to do with DFS. I know it has no effect on this whatsoever, but, but just a thought. Would you be embarrassed that the song up came out about you, or would you be sort of proud that, you know, someone's out there writing a song about you after you, you know, came so close again? Because I, I know he has to start it out on Twitter the way he did, which was very classy, etc. Obviously, Tony's a class act. Love the guy. But I thought that was an amazing song, but it's literally about him losing. So, again, yeah. not being able to close. So, how do you feel when you open up your Twitter feed and that's what's on there about you? I mean, like, I, it just depends on how you are. I mean, Tony probably – Tony seems like the type of guy who would take it in stride, who wouldn't make that big of a deal out of it and not look poorly upon it. But you do, if somebody made a song about that, about Brooks Kepka or something like that, I think he'd be pissed, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the mind frame that different golfers have, and you have to seek and see which one – you know, that's why Kepka wins so much more often, I think. He's got that mental frame. He's toughness. You know, it's great. You're right. Tony's a tough guy. I mean, Tony's a – a great guy and you know this is all narrative this is all me speaking from what i see based on sitting on my couch so i don't really know 100 percent. i'm taking an educated guess uh but it just doesn't seem mentally he has that 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 thing you know that the female he doesn't have that that, that the closing aspect uh, of his game that you, you so need which we saw you know have in his prime you know even though Spieth didn't have the talent that everyone else had you know he had that little spark mentally where when he's when he had to make a shot he knew he could make the shot Kepka's the same way Tiger same way Rory same way you know I don't think has that Uh, and I think that's something that he can maybe learn but it hasn't happened yet and I worry about him I worry about how his mental state is going to be after that loss so I don't think I'm going to play Tony this week um the other two are fine I like Adam Scott probably a little bit more just because um he's he's been a beast at this course now you do worry he hasn't played in a while so you got that going too so there's so many different aspects to think about uh, when you're trying to pick golfers and that's what makes DFS fun you know because we don't know everything about these golfers but we, we try to learn as much as we can and try to build a narrative based on their game uh, based on what we've seen and that's just the way it goes and that's why dfs is fun all right so let's move to this 8k range tambo why don't you go ahead yeah i'll kick it off here you know i think there's going to be some love for leishman because you know coming off the win you know the narrative did well here last year solid you know results but but i think here's the thing it's not going to be someone I love to chase at 8,700. So I'm not as high on that day interests me a little bit at the top only because I know you said you didn't watch a lot on Sunday and it was, you know, almost unwatchable the first three days, but on Sunday I could definitely put a little bit in. Uh, that's when XFL became unwatchable. So definitely had to flip back over to the golf. So uh, I would say day was missing the putter, which is obviously unlike him. So I think if anything, you know, he's coming off a fourth 16th before that we already talked about him hitting more greens that sort of thing I think he's interesting and if he's going to be under owned I'm definitely going to have a position there but my second T3BO is going to be again like you mentioned him off the top you know people are talking a lot about Spieth I don't know as I always say if they'll you know click the button but for me I got Reed over him the villain we love him you know we talk about him all the time I love him I think it was Mayo actually you know you brought him up I think it was him on the podcast when he said he was going to get you on that he said you know Reed at long courses has become a thing 
And I know Reed's got a shitty course history here, but what? He played it to- two times. Who cares? He- he's got great recent form. I think people are going to jump back on Spieth. And it's not like I said that he wasn't really bad or anything. I just don't want to hop on him after one tournament. And now we move into somewhere you got to be good all four rounds, a little bit tighter fairways, tougher course, tougher field, etc. So for me, I, I like Patrick Reed. You talk about the, the Masters narrative, the around the green you know, thing, the way he's been playing. I just think it's too good of a play at too cheap of a price. The other guy, same deal, same. I can say all the same things, but with way better course history, 10 out of 11 made cuts here. Uh, great recent form, Justin Rose. Last two times he played here, fourth and 16th. Uh, I don't know why he's priced at 8,500 when he used to be 11,000. I know, you know, sometimes the results and, and recent form and all that, but I mean, before the, his most recent missed cut, it was a second, fifth, 20th, 21st. I mean, those are fine numbers from an $8,500 golfer that used to be number one in the world like last year or the year before, whatever it was. So uh, I think uh, Rose and Reed, and then always got love for answer, been a truther all year, any field. Two for two made cuts here, so he has at least seen it, uh, you know, and, and he made the cut both times. His recent form since the President's Cup, Kenny, has just been unreal. Uh, I think at 8,200, it's more than fair for a guy we've seen. And he is, he's like a – this will come across wrong to everybody, I'm sure, but he's like a mini Rory off the tee. Like, he, he's not the lengthwise, but he does pound it out there straight every time, and it's right where he wants it to be, and then he has good irons, and he has all that stuff to go with it, can make putts, can play down the stretch. I think when you were talking about mentality earlier, I think he has it. I think we're just waiting to see it come out a little bit more. Uh, but he's obviously got wins under his belt. So I, I think Answer's a great play at 8,200. Who do you got in this range? Uh, one thing I will talk about, Reed. I think the reason why, like I did say in the course preview, this course favors a, a draw. I mean, a, a fade for right-handed golfers. And, you know, for the most part in his career, Reed didn't have a go-to fade shot. He, he's a drawer of the golf ball. But if you've watched his game – the last 12 months, he's incorporated the Arnie chicken wing fade. And it, it looks funny, but it's been working pretty well. Uh, and I think people will see the fact that he hasn't played well here in the past, um, you know, and he does draw the ball all the time on the course that does favor the fade, but his fade is coming around. That chicken wing little Arnie, you know, type fade. It, it's been, I've seen him hit that shot confidently here uh, in the last six months and I think that could help him a bunch especially you know on these smaller greens you know you you know the short game's good you know his putting is solid his iron game overall has been a lot better than it has been uh, in the last six months in the previous year before that he doesn't make too many bogeys I like Reed a lot this week and I don't know what his ownership will be uh, because of his poor course history and how strong uh, course history plays into this event when it comes to trends and people who do well here. Uh, but I like Patrick Reed uh, a lot this week. I like Jason Day as well. Uh, I'm on him also because the iron game it looks like it's improving and that's, you know, been his bugaboo basically. Uh, and he's definitely long enough to go and do this. And he's actually been pretty good from like 400 to 450 yards, those par fours. And I think uh, there's a good amount of those and there's a good amount from 450 to 500. So uh, I do like those two a lot for GPPs. And then Colin Morikawa is going to be my third cash game cornerstone at $8,100. There could be worry that he hasn't played this course before, but he's made every cut on every course this season that he's never played before. So I'm not too worried about that. He is the best iron player in this field in the last 50 rounds. And the 23-year-old Colin Morikawa is the best iron player in this field, in this field, in the last 50 rounds. How amazing is that? 
You know, I we have Rory, we have JT, we have Rom, we have Tiger, you know, we have DJ, and Colin Morikawa is the best iron player in this field the last 50 rounds. So I'm going to go with him. He's very good from 150 to 200 yards, you know, proximity from 150 to 200. But the majority of approach shots are going to be in that range. He, you know, he's good enough on the par fives. Uh, his iron game, like I said, spectacular. Tita Green, he is excellent. Fifth in his field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, so Morikawa is going to be my third cash game cornerstone. And the thing is, the other guys, I'm not really the biggest fan of anyone else in this range. That's why I can see myself going stars and scrubs a lot this week. A couple of guys, maybe two or three guys to start all my lineups above $9,000 because I think, you know, with this field and the way this field has gone and the top golfers all playing, it's going to be one of those guys up top that wins this event. All right, so let's move to the 7K range. Tambo, go ahead and get us started. Yeah, love it right off the top, man. Paul Casey, unreal price, 7900 I don't know if you, maybe you, you'd be the judge if you could use them in cash. I definitely think you could for me, 7,900 extremely fair price, you know, uh, seven for eight made cuts, you know, five straight here. He's got decent recent form, had one bad result, but beyond that, you know, of his last 30 events on tour, 25 of them, he's made the cut and 20 of them have been top 25. So this is definitely a spot. So him and Bryson are the two there that I like right out of the gate, just as guys that are big names that I definitely did not expect to see, under $7,900. I'm sure some people out there like their betting odds, especially with Bryson being like 50 to one for me. Uh, it's those two. And then my third T3O is going to be uh, Sergio Garcia. I'll take him over Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, we've seen a tendency this year, people to bounce back and go back. Now they see Fitzpatrick is $2,000 cheaper. He still made the cut for them, but then he burned them. But before that he was on fire and people love his game. So I think some will go back there. I don't know if this is going to be a, I don't, what I'll say is this. I, I don't think this is going to be a huge ownership. It might even be switched the other way by the time we get to Thursday uh, when, when tee off. But I will say I'm taking a stand. Like I just probably will have zero Fitzpatrick and let him run into the ditch and see what happens there. And if I, I get burned, I get burned. I'll, I'll take Garcia over him. I don't mind our other villain, our boy Kucher, right? 12 or 13 made cuts. That to me means something. His recent form has been solid. Uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about, we mentioned it last week that you know, people th- thought he wasn't doing much. He won overseas. I know it was a weak-ass field, but he won. Then he got 16th, now 38th. His stats line up. Talk about the Augusta narrative again. It fits all that. I like him. Another you know, oldie but goodie a little bit as far as you know, people sort of overlook him is my boy Kevin Na. I really like Kevin Na here. I think you know, course history is strong, 10 for 16. Uh, three straight made cuts, including a second and a fourth. I really don't think he's going to get super popular, even though – his course history is good here of, of a second and a fourth in two last three years and coming off a of 14th. It's just sort of one of those guys that always flies under the radar. No one seems to want to play him at any number. So at 7,600, I think it's more than fair. You could use him uh, in all your builds, I think. And then you get into that giant cluster, right? So I, I would say between you look at Howell, Cam Smith, Cam Champ, Ryan Palmer, and Scheffler, and then we'll, you, know, you can take over this top range. Uh, I think out of those guys, if I'm taking a stand, guys, it's going to be with Cam Champ. Bombs it out there. We didn't talk a lot about the bomber narrative. I know he hasn't made a cut here yet, but playing way better golf right now. I think he's got it back. I, I really like him for 7,900. Uh, and then Palmer and Scheffler right below that. I think Scheffler could be a bit sneaky at the lowest price we've ever seen. So he was, uh, you know, 70, I mean, what he used to be 89, 99. It doesn't matter, but I know the fields are way uh, less strong, but at this point at 7,400, I mean, even Vegas agrees has his number at like 110. Some of the guys around him are 125. I think he can, you know, he can bomb it. We know that he has upside before his couple of missed cuts. He had a third and a fifth. 
So he's definitely got that upside. We're talking about packing that upside into your lineup. I think he's the guy. And I just saw, I forget who put it out there. I apologize, but someone put it on Twitter. Well, he didn't make the cut last year. I believe he made a, he got in via a queue. So maybe it was Monday Q info and, and said that he made it at this course to get in. So I think that was huge just as a sort of something in the back of his mind that says that. So I like Scheffler for that top range of the seven, seven K. What do you got, Kenny? I think Bryce is one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh, if you look at the way he, he we all know that he, he's all about the bombs now, you know, he gained all that weight, but the last time I saw him out, he's pretty, he's hitting those drives pretty straight and very, very long. Um, you know, and that, that's the thing, you know, the one thing you worry about golfers who, when they specifically target one part of their game so hard is they lose other aspects. And you sort of saw that uh, with Bryson, you know, the last, you know, the last time he came out, but prior to that, you know, he was in the lead in a Euro event with going into the back nine. And then he got the, uh, the, the, the time warning and he bogeyed four of his last nine holes uh, to, 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 to fall out of the lead uh, about three weeks ago uh, overseas in Europe. So the game is there. His irons were great. That were pretty – they weren't great, but they were above average that week. If he can keep hitting 320-yard carry drives uh, on or around the fairways and not too wild, because like I said, Kapuya Ruff, you know, most of the time it's not going to be that tall. Uh, he should be able to, you know, miss a little bit and still be able to get it with a short iron in his hand after pounding a drive 330 yards. I like Bryson at this price range a lot. I probably wouldn't use him in cash, uh, but I do like Bryson. Uh, one of my favorite GP play, GPP plays in this range. He's been putting pretty well recently. If you can just get those irons down for, uh, you know, like he did a few weeks ago, I mean, he can win this event, uh, I think. So I do like Bryson. Uh, I do like Sergio. A lot. He's been playing pretty well on the European tour. It's all been on the European tour so far this season, but he's had a really couple of nice, really solid finishes, top fives, top tens here and there. He's played this course very, very well. I think he is cash viable. Uh, I do like Kevin now a little bit, and even though he doesn't fit the bomber narrative, uh, the thing about it is the course should be dry, should be firm. He hits it in a fairway. It should get a little bit of roll. Uh, so it should, you know, these drier conditions should give these shorter guys a little bit more of a chance compared to the years where it's been wet, wet and soft. So I do like the Nah play. I like Cameron Champ, just like you. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, I'm not 100% sure on. The reason about that is I, I still haven't seen him really do well on tough courses. And this is a tough course. You know, birdie, bomb, you know, birdie, like mad courses, he usually does well on those. Uh, I haven't seen him do well on a tough, you know, classical track yet. Uh, we'll see how it goes. He could change my mind, so I don't think I'm going to use him. And I'm going to go with my last cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Alexander Norin at $7,300. The one thing about Norin's game that has changed a little bit this year is like Bryson, maybe not as, you know, visually, um, you know, identifiable as Bryson, but he's really been working on the length of his drives. He's hitting the ball a lot farther off the tee this year than he ever has in his life. And it seems like it's been helping him with a bunch of top, you know, top finishes. No, no, yeah, I don't think he's finished outside the top 35 in a single event this season yet. He's playing good golf. He played, played, placed 16th here a couple of years ago. He knows how to play this course. So I'm going Norn as my final cash game cornerstone. So my four cash game cornerstones this week. Dustin Johnson at 10,000. Bubba Watson at 9,600. Colin Morikawa at 8,100. 
and Alexander Norin at 7,300. This leaves you 15,000 to finish out the rest of your lineup. I do like Joaquin Neiman uh, a little bit. Tita Green, exceptionally solid. He's played here once before, made the cut. Really good on long par fours. Seventh in this field in par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards. Really good from 150 to 175. You're looking at around 30% or so of approach shots going to be from that proximity range. He's second in the field in these last 50 rounds. So I do like him uh, a little bit. I like Corey Connors at $7,000. Again, tee to green guy. The the, the tee to green specialist dominate this type of course. And he's been hitting a ton of greens. First in greens and regulation in this field in the last 50 rounds. So I do like Corey Connors a bit. And I might throw in a little bit of Matthew, uh, Kokrak and Matthew Wolf. I like this bottom range of the 7K, uh, you know, 7K area a lot. So that's why I'm leaning towards going stars and scrubs, having a few guys up top finishing off with this low 7K range, one guy in a 6K range. That's how I think I'm going to go about making the majority of my lineups. Anybody else in this bottom 7K range, or should we move on to the 6K? No, I got a couple more, and I want to make one quick note because um, first off, shout out Chris Garosi. That's I looked it up. It was it was uh, Scheffler made the field by winning the Monday Collegiate Showcase last year to get the last spot in the field. So there is a little something there again. Like you say, it's uh, it's someone you could be sold on. I think seventy four hundred is just the best price we'll probably ever see on them. You know, this season I think in an event like this. So for me, uh, I'll take some there. But yeah, uh, one more quick note on this range: go build ten lineups right now and watch how many guys you have from the seven K range. And I get that there's a few of them, but I mean, it's not like it's the whole field or anything. There's like 25 to 30. It's not going to be a big majority, but this is the area where you're going to want to get different and get a little bit more unique. So when the ownership projections come out at Gump's Corner or wherever you get them from, make sure that you're looking at who's you know heavily owned in this range because this is going to be where you have a difference maker and you're going to want that guy like Ken Scheffler win this tournament? Probably not. Can he outdo a Palmer who's right there if Palmer ends up being chalky? Yes. So that's where you're going to want to make your pivots. Uh, the one you mentioned, Neiman, he might get, he might be the guy that gets popular down here, but I, I just can't have zero at that price. Another guy I think is extremely fair price, seventy three hundred. Uh, Norin, who you mentioned, I like. I'll go back a little bit to Knox, Kokrak, who you mentioned, uh, and then the last two I'll mention quick. But Nick Taylor, if no one's going to go back to him, I will. Like I said, super impressive. It wasn't like one thing that led him there. As I mentioned, I get there's no weather, but it was wire to wire, three course rotation, and still came through on Sunday when a lot of guys were shooting seventy fives and above. So I got no problem with that. He's four for five, made cuts here, missed the cut five years ago, made the cut all four years since uh, with, you know, a 33, 33rd last year, 41st last year, obviously not coming off a win or anything like that, but I'll definitely uh, go back. Coke Rack, who I mentioned, made the tour championship last year. I mean, this guy has it in him. He's seven for eight made cuts here. Again, using a lot of course history. He just missed a cut, but before that, 21st, missed cut, eighth. I mean, he's had some results in there. We know he can do it, but you mentioned my favorite play, don't care how chalky he gets. He is a first-timer. It may scare some people away, but Corey Connors, way too cheap in my eyes. Uh, you talk about first-timer and Masters narratives. How did the guy do last year? Off a of Monday queue, into a field, wins, gets into the Masters, and did pretty damn well for himself. So everything you mentioned with the ball striking, the recent form, etc., and then you add that on top, to me, that's a difference maker. I like Corey Connors at 7,000 straight. That sounds good. Let's move on to the 6K range. One of my favorites... Lanto Griffin. Now, here's a stat 
that Rick Gaiman, at Rick Rungett, if you don't follow him, you should. He's on Mayo. He's one of the best. He has his own podcast on CBS Sports. Really one of the better guys. I used to work for him. Really, <laughs> really, really good guy. He has this stat on Lanto Griffin. The last 12 times that Lanto Griffin has been priced under $7,500, he's returned at least 10 times his price in 11 of them. So he scored more than 75 points. Uh, in in 10 in 11 of his 12 times, he's been under uh, $7,500. Uh, I know he had those two missed cuts, but he played well last week, $6,800. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great price for somebody who has good upside, 75, 80-point, 90-point DK upside. I like him a lot. I like J.T. Poston. J.T. Poston for cash. The guy rarely misses the cut. His iron game is above average, and his putting is excellent. Uh, he's made the cut here a couple of times in two tries with a nice, solid finish last year. Um, other guys in this range that I do like here a little bit. I'm going back to my Korean brethren, James Hahn. Uh, again, another course history buff guy who plays well here. Won here about five years ago. Luke List down here, I think it was a $6,300, $6,400. Playing better golf recently. Plays well here. His game seems like this is the type of course that he could do well at. Uh, you know, we've always been waiting for that Luke List, you know, outburst, and maybe it'll come uh, this week. Kevin Chapel showing a little bit last week. But prior to his injury, he was one of the best out there from tee to green. And I think that's slowly coming back, and at $6,300, I think it's definitely worth a risk. Patrick Rogers at $6,800, even though he missed the cut last week when a lot of people were on him. This course suits him way better than those courses in the Monterey Peninsula did last week. Longer course. He has the length, uh, 17th in driving distance in this field. One of the better putters out there. I think this course suits him better than last week's pebble. I'm not even going to count that when I think of looking at him uh, for this week. So I like Patrick Rogers. Who do you like in the six range? A lot of the same guys. So I won't rehash all of them. I, l- I like your post and take, um, you know, I, I, you mentioned Lanto Griffin. He's a guy I like. Aaron Wise, still a bit of a sucker for him after, you know, especially after he burned me and everybody else last week. He looked like he kind of had something together. I just, again, think he's got too much upside at a price like 6,700 where I can't just leave him alone. He'll be, you know, low owned on my list. But, uh, you know, speaking of list who you mentioned, definitely like your call there. 15th, 26th, the last two years, three for four made cuts, coming off a 25th and a 36th his last two times out. Uh, I know our boy at Sundog Monkey, he wrote him up. He's got some good points on him there. If you guys don't have him yet, check him out at Sundog Monkey on Twitter. Another good follow. Um, you know, Von Taylor, always a sucker. Eight for 13, though, made cuts here. Ninth last year, 20th the year before. Uh, his two missed cuts are burning people. I'm going to be on him, though. I'll tell you what, he missed both the, either on the number and then off by one or vice versa. But it was, I mean, he's on right now. He's got his game. And if it is going to be, like you mentioned, less, you know, uh, more firm, I should say, I'm, I'm okay with a guy like him here because he's accurate. He does his thing. And that's why, how he gets these results. Even before... Um, his ninth and 20th, you know, just five years ago, he had a, a 22nd. So, I mean, he's got some good results coming in besides, you know, missing the cut on the number these last two. And, and I think he's fair price at 6,600 to make some of your lineups. James Hahn, who you mentioned, uh, you know, Baddeley, another one stands out to me because of experience and history, 14 for 17 made cuts, 49th and 14th the last two years coming off a of 25th. He's got great hands around the green, really like his game as a lone sleeper at 6,300. Uh, and then Varner, my boy, HG3, 
just tweet it out. You should go retweet it when you hear this podcast at HV3 Foundation. Gup's Corner does a lot of work with them. We've got custom HV3 shirts you can go get to support the foundation. But he's rocking the Mamba shoes this week for the big memorial thing they're having. He's going to auction them off after. I mean, I don't think I can win them, but I'd love to. Man, that would be nice because they're six shoes. They're Jordans. Uh, Jordan golf shoes. Those are so sick that he's going to give away. So, uh, but I like him at 6,200. At least he's seen the course five times. He's made the cut three times. I know he's having some, you know, rough patches lately, but like, what was it? It was a, you know, 30 pars, 32 par in a row at the waste management and then goes birdie bogey, birdie bogey to finish on the one off that, you know, basically on the number, he missed the cut. So, you know, that sucked, but 6,200, I got to go down there for my boy HV3. It's not just a Homer thing. I, I think he's a great play. Uh, Kenny, one guy we forgot to mention, I'm done in the 6Ks unless you got anything else, but I want to go back. Uh, Molinari, 7K straight. What are you doing with Molinari this week in GPPs? Um, probably not playing him. Uh, his, like game just ha- his game just hasn't been the same since, uh, you know, since the, the, the water ball in the Masters. Uh, I, don't think he, I don't think he doesn't have a single top 10. Um, at least not on the PGA Tour. Maybe. He what what about if this tour. is his redemption, though? This kind of feels like Spieth last week. You and I had a very similar conversation. We all clicked it back and forth for a minute. And I said, you know, I think this could be Spieth this week. And I'm saying, but don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. Fade DJ, play Spieth is what I'm saying. But, yeah, this feels like that. Molinari, back at a Tiger event, everyone says the Tiger broke him. And, and that, that was his, you know, demise. And imagine he gets his, regains it back at this tournament, at Tiger's Genesis, and, and gets the W at 7K. What do you think? Yeah, it's not happening, dog. Crazy. And it's not going to happen, dog. Not, if it does, good for him. But I ain't going to be on him. I'll take that L. Okay. If I'm playing Molinari this week, just for the yeah. record. So 7,000, right. I got to get on him. We forgot to talk about him, but I'm doing it. All right, so uh, what do you got for bets this week, Tambo? Only got five this week, Kenny. And uh, it's because, like you said, I think someone's winning it up top. So I already handled my DJ love. I know there's a lot of Kepka love out there. I know there's a lot of you know other guys, Bubba love even. Uh, I like I like DJ. Uh, I said I would just try and find a way to make it happen some way, shape, or form. I really like DJ, 14 to 1. I'll bite the bullet there, and that obviously, you know, hinders the rest of the card quite a bit, so I can't go too too much beyond that. But, you know, I can still get like a 6 to 1 with these five guys on my money. Uh, Decky, 28 to 1. I don't know. Like, he never wins, man, but I just got a feeling. And here, I like him in DFS. I like him for a bet. I think it's, you know, it's going to pop at some time, and if he does, it's going to be at a course like this. So I do like... Decky, and then my two I mentioned earlier at the or right above each other in DFS, and they're the same number bet wise that I got them at. Uh, Reed and Rose both at forty to one. I'm taking that all day, uh, and then I like Kevin Na eighty to one. I got him with the each way, so uh, that's for a top five or better. I think uh, I think Kevin Na's got two of those in the last three years, and he can do it again. Especially like I say, if it's not going to be as firm, I think this is the spot. That's my five pack. What do you got, Kenny? All right, I got five also this week. I got Bubba at eighteen to one this week. Yep, Cantley at twenty to one. Bryson at 50 to 1, Sergio at 66 to 1, and Norin at 100 to 1. Those are going to be my five. What are you doing for a one and done there, brother? I kind of like your card better hearing that. That, that sounds good, actually. So uh, we'll see how we do there. But I like having DJ up there at 14. But I mean, you're, I like your Cantley, your Sergio, all those guys that you mentioned. One and done again, options, guys. I'm looking at, you know, you could use DJ here. I think it's definitely a, a tournament you could use him at. You can use Bubba. If, if you want to have sort of a hedge life going in DFS, obviously the guy wins almost every second. Well, he has one every second year, as we talked about. Brooks, kind of if you want to fade him in DFS and just play him to win and, and go off that narrative, I definitely could see merit to that. 
Uh, and then Decky, Finau, Rose, any of those guys, if you want to sort of use a, another tier down below. All right, that sounds good. Uh, before we finish, what do you do? What are you getting your wife for Valentine's Day? It is Valentine's Day week. What are you getting your wife? Nothing. And the thing is this, right? Do- <laughs> <laughs> You're getting her nothing no, after she lets you go on listen, vacation. Listen, listen. Yeah, I was just going to say, I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring her that up. Nothing? Yeah, I'm going to give her a heads up that I'm going to the Honda. I didn't tell her yet. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm not doing that. She knows well about that. No, what we're actually doing is uh, I am getting her something, but we like to do sort of like a family gift, right? So we're going to plan a trip for, I think, uh, and I haven't broke the news to you yet, so I'll break it on air. And I'll probably still be around for the pod, of course, but the week of the Zurich, right? There's not much going on. So I think we're going to go away uh, somewhere, maybe Hawaii or something like that. I, I want a trip through work. So I'm going to, nice. we're going to do that. And, and you get... You know, they pay for that, but if it's like Hawaii, you got to pay for all the other shit. So instead of buying the stupid box of chocolates or a bag or something or a ring or whatever the hell she wants else, uh, and she is a, the best wife, no doubt. I'm just saying I, I'm going to – we're going to plan the trip and go for that. Do you, you got a shorty for the night, or what do you got on that go? Uh, no, no, no. Not dating anyone right now uh, because, you know, I, I, can, I can reel them in. I just can't keep them. You know, that, that's the way I you only need them for one night. I'm a server at restaurants. So it's one of our biggest nights. I'll make like a thousand dollars Friday and Saturday, but I do have one thing for Valentine's day. This is a, in, uh, an excerpt from my favorite love song. We'll end the pod on this for all the four women that listen to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is from Uchiwali by Nas. All right, here we go. I'll do it in my poetry voice. Knee along in a cherry thong with the lights on. Sipping Perignon with Kelly Price on. I pull out my python. I hit it while my wife's gone. Long bitch, to, long dick to bitch all night. I'll make her pussy sing this song. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this week. Campbell, <laughs> tell them where they can find you, brother. My God, that's hard to follow up. Gubscorner.com, promo code DGEN10. We'll leave it at that. Everything's there. Kenny mentioned the tools, the slack. You know, come for the tools and content. Stay for the community. I keep preaching that. Find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. If you don't follow me there, hit me up there, DM Mess me any questions. I'll get back to you as soon as possible. You can find me on gumpscorner.com as well. My article is already out for this week. My course preview, my stats to look for Wednesday night. I release my favorite cash game plays and my cash game cornerstones. If you don't listen to the podcast on Gups Corner, um, you know, you can find me on their Slack chat. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. All right, DJ. Nation. This is going to be a hell of a week. It's a great tournament. The field is great. I am pumped. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.